Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there, my friends. Welcome to today's episode of The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we focus on getting the promises of God into the people of God, one podcast episode at a time. I'm your host, Jan L. Burt, and I got to tell you, I am so glad you are here today. Thank you for joining me. All right, let's just, let's jump right in. Let's dig into God's Word. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. This is episode 103. So here we are. We're in Psalm 37. We're looking at two verses today, verses 9 and 11, and we're going to be reading from the Amplified, and I would love to just read them read them to you, and then take a look at what they hold for us. And as I read, would you be listening for what promises God has for you in your current situation, for you in your life right now? Just as I read, as I read, you listen for that and hear what the Lord might say to you. Okay, um, you know, because the Word of God, it's always holding out something to the reader. It really is. It always has something for us. For the believer, there are things there that the Holy Spirit will show us. So be expectant that there's something there for you. It's a living and active Word of God. So let's, let's expect it to be alive and acting, living and active in our very lives. It holds out hope and life, and peace, and encouragement, wisdom, clarity, insight, and all of this is for us, and for the actual living out of our day-to-day lives. You know, you got a problem? Don't turn to Vanilla Ice to, yo, he'll solve it. No, he won't. Vanilla Ice ain't solving nothing. Turn to the pages of your Bible and see what God is holding out to you through his word. Okay, here we go. Psalm 37, verses 9. We're going to skip verse 10, and then we're going to read 11. 9 and 11 from the Amplified. For those who do evil will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land, but the humble will at last inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity and peace. Isn't that good? That's such good news. I mean, it's like God has said, he just boom, he just flat stated this as a fact that those who do evil will be cut off and will really does mean will What God intends to do, that, my friend, that's what gets done. I'm going to say that one more time. What God intends to do, that's what gets done. I'm going to read these two verses one more time, and I'm going to put some oomph, the emphasis, the stress. Think about stressors when you're reading. Do anybody remember that? Like in reading class, like teaching you how to read out loud and stress this and emphasize that. I'm going to be heavy on the stressing of the word will as I read these two verses. Okay, so you just listen And then um, we're going to talk some more about, oh, there's a lot here. So good. So good. Okay. For those who do evil will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land, but the humble will at last inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity and peace. Did you hear anything there that just was like, 
Yes, that's my promise. I hope so. I hope so, because there's good news for you in these verses today. And it's for you right now. It's not for even, it's not even for five minutes from now, my friend. It's for now. Jesus dealt with the penalty of sin and death at the cross. It is paid in full, in full for all who know Jesus as their Savior. The Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. How can you not praise him? How can you not praise him for what he has done? Evil will be dealt with. Think for a moment about those words. Evil will be cut off. You know, this is clear as day. And it's right here in the Bible. And it's for us to read, to believe, and to be encouraged. Like, take courage from this. To be encouraged, just to take courage from. So if you're like walking around um, having that mentality that many of us had, that I have had in my life at times, where it's like, yeah, I feel encouraged by that. But then I just feel like a minute later, I'm just as uh, nervous and, you know, uh, trepid and uh, I don't know. You know what? Listen encouragement means I'm going to take courage from it. So when I read God's word, if I say I'm encouraged, but I haven't like taken any actual courage, if I'm not feeling more courageous, not in myself. My courage is solely rooted in God, in who he is, and and the fact that he gets done what he intends to get done. He keeps every promise he makes. Like that's where our courage should be rooted and anchored in the Lord God Almighty. Um, but if I say I'm encouraged, but I don't have any more courage, ugh, I need to really, um, actually, I really believe that's just like, you know, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And when you read the parable of the sowers, the seed fell on this ground, this ground, this ground, this ground. You know, Jesus just lays it out. What's different there? The ground not the seed. The seed is the same. And he says the seed is the word of God. So where the word of God goes, and that's, this is the seed of the word of God, Psalm 37, verses 9 and 11. For you today, this is the actual seed. The word of God is the seed. You are the ground. Let it fall on good ground so it can yield a harvest of 30, 60, 100 fold. And you know what? I'm going to even challenge you on that. Don't settle for 30 or 60. You get in there in faith and you believe, you pray and you say, Lord, I want to, I want this seed to fall on such good ground. The soil of my heart is good ground. It's ready. It's ready to receive the seed and for it to be multiplied in me and multiply it to a hundred fold. I don't want to settle for anything, anything less. So do it, Lord, do it for your glory and your kingdom purposes. Okay. That's my, that's my challenge to you today. The seed is meant to bear fruit. The only difference is where it falls. So you do the work of cleaning up your heart in a way. And you know what I mean when I say that? Like you keep short accounts with God. You repent when you need to repent. You um, say, Lord, maybe I don't have as much faith as I should have that what you say is going to happen will actually happen for me in my life, for my loved ones, for the whatever XYZ I'm praying about. Increase my faith, Lord. Increase it. And with the measure that I have right now, even if it's just the size of a mustard seed, that's enough to pull up a tree and throw it into an ocean. That's enough for a mountain to be leveled before me so my path is straight. That's enough, you said, so I have enough. You see what I'm doing? I'm, I'm speaking the word of God out loud and I'm choosing to believe it and I'm applying it to my exact situation. And then I say, oh, yes, now I'm ready. Now I've got my heart is ready. The soil of my heart is ready for the seed to be planted there. And I am going to reap a harvest 30, 60 or how bad? out, Lord. How about a hundredfold? I want to reap a hundredfold harvest. So for those who do evil, they will be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. But the humble, the humble, they will at last inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant. Not talking about just you know, getting by abundant prosperity and abundant peace. Thank you, Lord. Okay, take 
courage from that. Be actually encouraged and then have courage that grows. This kind of courage, like you believe, you believe what God has said, you believe it. You have enough courage to believe it because you have actually been encouraged. Courage has been put in you, implanted in you per the word of God. Yes, Lord, yes. Evil will be cut off. Cut off. Think about that. Severed. If if my arm is severed, it's pretty permanent. Yep. I mean, I know there are things that can reattach it or whatever, but let's just think like um, it's severed and um, I somehow survive. There's a tourniquet put on or what, but you know what? It's severed, but it's gone. This is like this. What God is talking about here in verse nine of Psalm 37 is a permanent and irreparable separation. That's what's going to happen with evil. God is loving and he is patient and he desires for all of mankind to come to him, to yield to him, to be part of his kingdom, to receive Jesus and all that the Lord has for us. That's what he wants. But not everyone is going to do that. Not everybody is going to do that. God is not unjust. Oh, no, no, no. He can't be unjust. He is just. Justice is his It's not like a separate part of his character that just boop pops up here and there now and then. No, no, no. It is who he is. God is just and he can't not be just. He is the God of justice. He is our righteous judge. And so we can count on the fact that those who do evil will be cut off. God is going to deal with evil. He's going to. He's going to sever it. This will be permanent and it won't be able to be changed. It will be irreparable. This is how it's going to be. We can count on that. His dealing will be perfect because he is perfect. So how could anything he does be otherwise? His dealing with evil will be completely perfect because our God is perfect. It will be completely just because our God is just and he cannot be otherwise. Okay, that's just like the tip of the iceberg promise in these two verses. Let's keep going. Okay, but for those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. You know, as a child of God, and that is what you are. You are a child of God. If you know Jesus personally, you're a child of God, according to 1 John 3, verse 1, and John 1, verse 12, and Romans 8, verse 16. And there are a lot of other places in the New Testament that will... um, that will confirm this, right? This isn't me just saying it. Like, if you know Jesus, you're a child of God, these verses prove it. 1 John 3, 1, John 1, 12, Romans 8, 16. If you need a memory verse for right now, if you're feeling a little bit like orphaned, like, you know, like, oh, I don't know if I'm really, oh, I don't know, I don't feel like, you know what? Pick one of those, memorize it, um, say it to yourself every day for the next 40 days and change your thinking. Renew your mind and your life will change. But don't renew it just by willy-nilly stuff. Don't renew it by scrolling Instagram. Don't renew it by reading a self-help book from the secular section, the very worldly section of the of Barnes and Noble or your local bookstore. Renew it by the word of God and your life will change. Okay, so you as a child of God, you have an inheritance. But for those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. You have an inheritance as a child of God. But like an underage child, you don't get all of that inheritance just yet. As Christians, we live in the right now and the not yet, and we live in both. We have dual citizenship um, here on earth. You know, we're in this world and not of it. We are citizens of heaven, but we still kind of have dual citizenship because guess what? This is where we live right now. The All of it, but not all of it right now right? We live in the midst of both. There are things stored up for you in eternity. And right now you might be like, oh man, 
Uh, don't say that, Jan. I just, I wish I could have all those things now. We all think that at some point. We really do. But, you know, once you get to eternity and you're with the Lord and you see with your own eyes the inheritance that he has stored up for you, Y-O-U, for you, you will not be sorry that you had to wait. You just won't be. There's, you know, and there's so much that you get right now. A lot of your inheritance you get in the right now. You don't have to always wait for everything to happen in the not yet. We get a lot right now. There's no end actually to the things that, um, the things that really matter being available for you in your life right now. They're yours right now. And in 10 seconds, ha, still yours. 10 minutes, oh, there's still yours. 10 years, oh yeah, oh yeah, still yours. You know what I mean? I mean, you're getting, you're picking up what I'm laying down, right? This is, um, this is no joke. This is no game. I really do believe this stuff. Sometimes I think people wonder, do you really believe this or are you just like, you kind of believe it? I really do believe it. You have so much that's yours and it can't not be yours. So, um, I need you to remember that. It's yours now. It's not just yours for the future, but it's also yours in the future. I don't care if you live a hundred more years, it's yours. It's still going to be yours. These things that we have right now. Here's one, a big one, the peace of God, which passes all understanding. And it's going to guard both your heart and your mind. That is a big inheritance, my friend. That, you know, listen up here. Here's the thing. We often think the touchy-feely material things are the part of our inheritance that we want the most. We, we kind of get it like we might talk a good game. Yeah, I know the peace. It's so great. And having, having joy no matter my circumstances and, you know, the presence of the Lord with me. And the, yeah, yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, those are the most important things. But why can't I just have more income, a fatter paycheck, or, you know, my car broke down last week. And why can't I just have, okay, look, we have to actually live like we really believe that those are the most important things, the peace, the joy of the Lord, the Lord's presence with you always. Think about that. Think about that. Let me just give you a a, a rewind. Like we're going to do a flashback here to the Old Testament where once a year, the high priest, one person could go into the Holy of Holies only one time a year with a rope tied around his waist or his ankle. And he went into what was considered to be the place where God's presence dwelt once a year. And just in case he wasn't quite cleaned up enough, purified enough, right enough, like the rope was around him so they could drag his body out. If he died, was stricken dead in the presence of the Lord because nobody else could go in there once a year. And the veil that was there um, that was separated when Jesus died, that it ripped from the top to the bottom. So God tore that sucker. It was made of like actual animal skin. And it was probably three inches thick. Not probably. I say that to kind of be like, like as if I don't, you know, I do know. I know it was three inches thick of like a skin or multiple skins put together. You think that just randomly tore? That tearing was a big deal. The earthquake that happened when Jesus died was a big deal. The veil was torn. So if you ever attempted to think like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, but I really would like to have a little more income and not to have to worry about money because like, but yes, it is sure great that we have the presence of God with us. Um, yeah, excuse me. Let me just say it one more time. There's more history before Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago than has come since then. And for all of those before years, the only way you could be in the presence of God was one person. You couldn't get there. I couldn't get there. We are not in the lineage to ever be high priests. And it was once a year and it was with much fear and trembling. You have the greatest gift when that veil was torn. You really do. And never let, you know, the flesh or the devil, the world, anybody ever tell you that 
dollars are actually more important than that. That is a lie from the pit of hell and it rips us off and rips us off and rips us off again. And remember, Satan comes to kill, steal and destroy. And you know what? He's not going to get off that. You know, that's his, um, that those are his marching order. Those are the marching orders he gives all of his minions, his evil little devil demons. And that's, that's his MO. That's his strategy. That's his game plan. That's his overarching business plan, whatever you want to call it. You know, the model that he follows, that is it. He's not going to get off that. He's just going to increase. Can I kill more? Can I steal more? Can I destroy more? That's what I got to do because he knows time is getting closer to Jesus' return. And as time gets closer, things get ickier, right? Okay, so seriously, don't let him convince you of a lie that um, gold is more important then being able to be in the presence of God at any moment. Hebrews tells us that we can come boldly to the throne room of grace, that we might obtain help and find mercy for our time of need. I believe that's Hebrews 4.16. I don't have it written down, but I'm about 95% sure Hebrews 4.16. I know it's in Hebrews. Listen, listen, that's a big deal. That's your right now inheritance, and you don't have to wait for that. Do you know that most people, the Old Testament followers of the one true God, how long they had to wait to be in the presence of God? Think about that. Like, it never happened in their lifetime. This is a big deal, okay? So material things, those are often the parts of our inheritance that if we're honest, we really want those the most, but that's a ruse. You know, you're getting duped. You're getting ripped off. Those, fine, they're important things. Yeah, okay, but are they, you know, but are they, or when we get to heaven, you know, look, let's reframe it. When we get to heaven, what are we going to walk on? Streets paved with gold. We're going to be seeing the very exact thing that is so prevalent in our culture. Materialism is rampant. The very thing that we strove after, that we worked for, that we wanted God to give us more and more of. And we were so busy focusing on that. And all of the means that that could be, a bigger paycheck, a better vacation, a different house, a different car, be able to pay off your medical bills or your student loans or da-da-da-da-da, you name it, okay? All of the things that have to do with money, 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 right? I mean, seriously, all of those things. Where is that going to be when we are in heaven with the Lord? It's literally going to be under our feet, right? Because it's pavement, we're, we're striving and putting all of our energy and focus and so much of our prayer time into this very thing that will be under our feet every single day for all of eternity. The only way it won't be under your feet is if you like lie down on it. And why would you do that? Nobody lies down on pavement. It will be as prevalent and as in many ways irrelevant, insignificant, and unimportant as the stuff that's in your driveway. What's your driveway paved with? Is it a cement driveway? Is it a rock driveway? Do you have a nice long dirt lane? Is it actually maybe asphalt paved, paved right? Is any of that worth like like lying down on and like trying to grab hold of it, dig it up so you could just carry it around with you in your purse and take it to the bank and say, look what I have. That would be hilarious. They would totally like look at you like you were crazy because you kind of would be like, that's asphalt. You know what that is? That's good for um, cars driving on. You know what it's bad for? Of most pretty much everything else. You ever wipe out on your bike as a kid on that nice bumpy asphalt? Ah, you know, you ever hit your head on the cement as a kid when you're playing a game or something? You crack your elbow on it? Ah, listen, what about rocks? A rock in your shoe? It might be fine to have a rock paved, you know, sidewalk, but a rock in your shoe, that's super annoying. What about like a, like a nice dirt paved? What about when they dump the new dirt, the fresh dirt 
on the road and parts of it don't get leveled out and your car gets stuck in it and starts fish channeling. Uh, this is not something that we would focus on heavily. And it's not going to be an eternity because it's going to be gold under our feet. So reframe it, right? Literally, we're asking him for the thing that will be under our feet. God, give me more of that. And he's like, it's going to be under your feet for all of eternity. He's going to take care of you. Read the New Testament words in red of Jesus talking about the care that God has for you. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Just have enough faith to really pray for and be thankful for the things that actually matter that you have in your inheritance right now, right now, and deal with your lack of faith in the areas of God's provision, because that's really what it is. Or it's greed and lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. And we just don't want anything to do with that. We should be like, I ain't got time for that. Ain't got time for that. Because you don't really have time for that. You know what I mean? You know what you have time for? The things God wants you to have time for. Make those the things that you will make time for instead of getting duped into running around, focusing on things, praying about things that really, they're small things, guys. It's going to be under our feet. Okay, that was a really long diatribe, but I think it was important to reframe when we feel like we're not getting a good inheritance from God to help us see, oh yeah, you are. <laughs> it's the best. Remember that the high priest could go in one time and you can go in anytime, 10,000 times a day if you want to. You can walk right in. And do you know that when the New Testament talks about by the blood of the lamb, we can enter? Listen, it means that blood is running. It's the verb that's used when it talks about Jesus's blood in the New Testament. It is Greek and the, the, it, the setting is it's always running hot and fresh as if it's right now. And that might sound a little gruesome, but that's what the word of God tells us. Yeah, think about that. Like, you know, if you entered into... Um, one of the homes, if you were in one of the homes in Passover, when they were getting ready to be led out of Egypt and the blood of the lamb was taken with the hyssop branches and put over the door frames, it would have been on the sides and over the top, the lentil. And it would have, if you walked out through it, there would have been enough that it would have dripped down on top of you. You are walking, this is all there for us to understand that that's what the lamb slain before the foundation of the world is, is what the lamb in Exodus is about, right? It's what the Passover is about. You, if you're going to walk under that to come into the safe place, you're going to have blood on you because it wouldn't have been just like in, maybe in a nice little Sunday school picture where it's just painted on a little bit. It would have been dripping. Some people would have hung the hyssop branch, soaked in it, so it would have dripped down. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with thinking about that. Because it cost Jesus that to free us and to guarantee us eternal life and to get us out from under Satan's grip on us with our own sin and with his evil plan to take us all to hell with him. Because hell was not made for humans. Hell was made for Satan and his demons. It wasn't made for you and me. Look, you get to walk through fresh hot blood into the throne room of God at any time. These are amazing inheritance promises. How blessed are we? We are the most blessed people on this planet. That's how blessed we are. Okay, so, um, and that's yours today, tomorrow. There's not going to come a day where you can't have access to that. Amazing. Is this not amazing? These promises are huge. They're huge. You know, God is going to give us everything that we need. Don't make your focus stuff that's going to be under your feet for all of eternity because eternity is a long, long time. That's a long, long time. You know, um, should it go under our feet in this life too? If something's going to be under our feet for all eternity, should we kind of have a mental attitude of that's under my feet right now? Right now, I'm putting that under my feet and I'm going to refocus on the things of the Lord. Yeah, I think that's where it belongs. Put it in its rightful place and don't elevate things that God wants under our feet. 
you know, if he wants it like in a place of submission, so to speak, like money and things and stuff, they cannot rule over us when we are really in his kingdom. And so we cannot let them rule over us, put them in a place of submission and say, this doesn't get to rule over me because my God doesn't want it ruling over me. Okay. Um, we can rule over it. It yells and it screams. It demands that we pay attention to it. So many things of the flesh do. Uh, work harder for it. Give, give more, more. Give money, more of what it wants. All it wants is your attention. It's just a lie from the pit of hell. God is going to take care of you. He's promised it too many times in his word, and he never breaks a promise. He can't. It's impossible for God to lie, okay? We can make the decision to not give in to the screaming demands of the flesh. We can make the decision to let it be under our feet where it belongs. We can decide we're not going to bow down to it, and we're not going to reach out our hands up high grabbing for it. We're not going to chase after it, any more than we go outside and chase after the concrete in our driveway or the asphalt in our cul-de-sac. And yet, in spite of being under our feet for all eternity, God still blesses us with the things in this life that make life sweet. And in many ways, things that, that financial means afford to us make life sweet. Is God not good? He's so good and so generous. Hold it all with open hands and never let worry consume you. Just don't. Tell God exactly what you need. Tell him exactly what you need and then just believe, like actually totally trust him to take care of you. That is also a huge part of your inheritance and it can never, ever be taken from you. So if it's yours, this ability to tell him what you need specifically in great detail with exactness and then fully trust him that he is going to give you everything that you need and a lot more than you need. He'll bless you amply. Man, that's your inheritance. So don't neglect the doing of the asking and then the doing of the trusting and the believing and then the doing of the receiving every single day. You know, do you know what people, um, you know, now I'm talking about people who don't know Jesus here, what people who don't know the Lord would give to have permanent peace in their life, to have the ability to walk into God's throne room at any time and ask him for grace and mercy when they need it, to be able to take their specific needs and even their wants and just present them to him and then trust that he's going to bless them in return. Do you know what they would give for that kind of like security in their life? Uh, yeah, and this is permanent. Remember, permanent. Can you imagine what people who don't know the Lord, people of in the world, you know, what they would give for this, for deep times of refreshing rest? I'm not talking about a nap. I'm talking about real rest for abiding joy, to have a salve for all of the difficulties of life that just comes with living in a harsh world. They would give a lot, you know, like they would give so, so much. And that's all part of your inheritance. And you have access to it right now today. The humble will inherit the land. So this portion of Psalm 37 seems to be kind of telling us that we can expect good things in this life, and we should. And it also tells us that God wants us to be humble. And so we should. Anybody else here listening today need to work on their humility factor? I mean, I just wish I could like get some IG stories or things like that, like of Moses. Wouldn't that be great? Like in my stories, like, ah, what's Moses got to say today? I cannot wait to see what Moses has to say today, because here's why. He was the most humble man to ever live that's scripture. That's not me making it up. That's just the truth. The Lord God Almighty says that the most humble man to ever walk the face of the earth was Moses. So I think of Moses when I think of godly and God honoring humility. And I would love to see what he, if I could like see him 
like, you know, somebody else, maybe somebody else puts it on their stories because they're filming him from like a little bit of a distance because he's so humble. He probably wouldn't have stories. I mean, this is, I want to learn how to be more humble. So when we're humble, there's this at last inheritance that will come into our lives. When we are humble, we get this at last inheritance at last. That indicates that it will be so great, such a blessing when it comes to pass. Okay, can you think of the old school song, At Last? Have you ever heard it? At Last, My Love Has Come to Stay. Just think about it. It's probably in your head kind of playing right now. Uh, This is going to be like a at last kind of a thing. Get humble. Stay humble and trust God for those at last moments because they'll be so good. This is going to come. Because he promised that it will at last. And then the very last part of verse 11 says this, the humble will, in addition to the at last moment of inheriting the land, now whatever the land may look like, the Lord knows what your piece of the pie is, what your piece of the land needs to be. That can fit a lot of different uh, different things. It can be your your portion at work. It can be it can be a lot of things, okay? So just don't just say, well, I'm not a farmer. I don't have land. Okay, okay, just ask the Lord, what's my piece of the pie? And I know that as I'm humble, that's going to come to me at last. But in addition to that, verse 11 says, the humble ones will also delight themselves in abundant prosperity and peace. Okay. Those two need to go together. A lot of people who are very wealthy, who have what we would consider abundant prosperity, they don't have peace. Think of Rockefeller. How much will ever be enough? Just a little more, just a little more. That's not a man who had peace. And his wealth was astronomical. If they related it to today's dollars, it would be beyond anything we could ever even begin to imagine. He didn't have peace. A lot of people who are very wealthy don't have peace. When I see that word abundant in my Bible, it stands out. Our God is such a God of abundance. I mean, he's like over the top abundant. Grace? Oh yeah, that's abundant. Forgiveness? As far as the east is from the west, and you actually can't catch up the east from the west. If you go east, you're always going east. If you go west, you're always going west. The two never meet. That's abundant forgiveness, wouldn't you say? I could go on and on, but you get what I mean. He gives abundantly. Our God gives abundantly. So here he promises that the humble will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. Okay, so humble folks aren't like gaudy, flaunting their wealth. They actually can be both prosperous and not come off as haughty, stuck up, snooty, whatever. So that's another pretty awesome benefit, part of our inheritance. You know, being humble, we can be prosperous and be at peace, which means we're going to love people well. We remain approachable. It's pretty hard to do those things when you're not humble, to be approachable and to love people well. You know, you, yeah, you know, if you haven't dealt with that in your own life, you know somebody who fits the description of they're not approachable and they don't love well. Um, you know, combine prosperity with a lack of humility and yuck and ouch, you know, just ugh. God's children should not be ouch, yuck, ugh people. We're not marked by that. An abundance of peace. We get an abundance of peace. This whole world wants and wants and wants peace. Folks are fighting for world peace, for peace in their homes, peace with the in-laws, peace on that committee at work, at the car dealership. You want peace when you're trying to buy a car. It doesn't always seem like a peaceful event, but I can tell you it can be. I've done it. My husband and I have bought cars and had so much peace. It's unbelievable. Uh, We have new cars and used cars. doesn't matter. We have an inheritance of an abundance of peace. And I say that to say, if you can buy a used car 
for your child who's going to be driving across the country, your daughter who's going to be going to college literally across the country, say from here to Pennsylvania, and you can have peace in that process, that it's going to get her there, all the driving around, and they get her back for Thanksgiving, and then get her back there, and then get her back for Christmas, and then get her back there, and then get her wherever for spring break, and then get her back there, and then get her back here for the summer, and all the driving around, and then do it again for four or five years. Uh, that's peace. That's peace. And it's ours. And my husband and I, we actually live, that's just a real world example. We live in that peace every single day. This is something the world so needs it's needed and that's why the world wants it and works at it that's where it fight for world peace and you know okay you know what but without jesus it's not going to happen it is because of who our god is it's all jesus this peace it's part of our inheritance psalm 37 verses 9 and 11 can you live in the actual peace of god in order that people who don't know him may come to know him just because of your abundant peace it's a rhetorical question i'm gonna answer it for you yep you absolutely certainly can. You can do it. Okay, so uh, can you live in a place of true humility, no matter what your station in life might be, in order that people will be drawn to the Lord? You know, real humility, it's like a magnet. It does a lot of drawing. Now, it may not draw everybody in your life, but that's okay. Magnets don't draw everything. They only attract metal. They don't attract plastic, uh, not shrubbery, not paper, just metal. That's how magnetism works. And sometimes if you put two magnets back to back, like the, you know what I mean? Like the, the poles where you place them and they push against each other, you know, you're, you're, you're not really attracting the things that are polar opposites. I'm talking about satanic things here. You're not going to be attracting a whole lot of um, the things of evil when you have real true humility in your life, okay? Because it's like a magnet. It Magnets don't attract paper or the shrubs outside, just metal. That's how magnetism works. And you are not for everybody, but you're not for nobody. You're not for nobody. So live in peace because that is your inheritance. It's yours. Grab it, take it, be blessed by it. Stay humble, wait for the Lord, expect his daily provision and know that at the right time, the God of justice will deal with all evil and look forward to the inheritance that is awaiting you in eternity because it's gonna be so good, so worth it. All right, that's it. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm part of the Spark Network, my show is, and I'm playing on the Edify app. You can download that via the App Store on your device. E-D-I-F-I is how you spell it. All Christian content on there. It's good stuff. And be sure to check out my books on Amazon. If you're looking for a new devotional, or if you're a parent and you'd like to grab the 60-day prayer journal, Search my name, J-A-N, middle initial L, last name B-U-R-T, Jan, middle initial L, Bert, on Amazon, and boom, there it'll be. Just, you know, you'll find it right there, hopefully at the top of your page, if not a couple of books down. Okay, I'm going to see you next time. We're going to look at verses 17 through 19 of Psalm 37, and also um, might be something special coming for you next week. So be sure to check in and see what it is. Lord bless. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.